Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness and thank you for your grace. Thank you for the opportunity now to look at your word. And I pray that you would speak in clarity, in grace, in your authority, in your power. Go way beyond any words that I could say and anything that I could do. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If I were to pick a psalm out of the entire book of psalms, there are 150 psalms in that book. If I were to pick a psalm, or let's say you were to pick a psalm, out of the entire 150 psalms, which psalm would you choose? Now, before you answer too quickly, remember... There are a lot of great psalms in this book we call Psalms. Starting with the very first psalm, which says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate both day and night. One of my personal favorites is Psalm 34. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. For I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not covered with shame. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many of you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no one to those who fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he who desireth life and loveth many good days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to the cry. The face of the Lord is against them to do evil, to cut off the remembrance from the earth. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them from them all. Psalm 100, we might think of as the Thanksgiving Psalm. It says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. How many of you like that verse? You don't have to be a great singer. Make a joyful noise. Okay, say joyful noise with me. Joyful noise. Very good. Now, modern translations say, shout for joy to the Lord. Question. When's the last time you shouted? It probably wasn't for joy. I'm from Missouri. I was watching the Kentucky-Missouri football game last night. I was not shouting for joy, okay? Some of you were. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. 
Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He who hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people. And the sheep of his pastor enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Amen? Be thankful unto God. Celebrate his name. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all. Say the word all of me. All. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. How many of you need your youth renewed today? Amen? He renews thy youth like the eagles. That same psalm says that we give our sin to God, He takes it and removes it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against us again. Like as a father hath pity on his children, so the Lord has pity on those who fear Him, for He knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth, for the wind passeth over and is gone, and the place thereof knoweth no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting. To everlasting upon those who fear him and those who remember his commandments to do them. And another great psalm. Psalm 37 contains my wife Monique's favorite verse, her life verse. It says in Psalm 37, 4 and following, Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he will bring it to pass. He'll bring forth your righteousness as the light. And your judgment is the noonday. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. There are so many amazing psalms in the Bible. But if I were to pick... My favorite psalm. And if you were to pick your favorite psalm. In fact, I would say this. If I were to take a straw poll of this church this morning. And probably of all the churches gathered in the United States of America today. And I would ask this question. What is your favorite psalm? I am confident. That your favorite psalm, for the majority of you, for the majority of believers throughout all the churches in America, maybe all the churches in the world, would be the psalm we're going to talk about today. In fact, if you're planning on dying before I do, I'm just looking around the room to see who might be candidates for that. If you're planning on dying before I do, and you want me to preach your funeral, which you may or may not, But if you are planning on me preaching your funeral and you do not want me to use this psalm, then you need to tell me and tell your family ahead of time because otherwise I'll use it. I can't remember preaching a funeral sermon without quoting the 23rd Psalm. We're going to look at that today. You know, the 23rd Psalm, though, to me it's not really a, a psalm to dissect so much in a sermon as it is to be memorized and meditated upon. But we're going to look at at least the first part of this psalm today. We're going through the names of God. We're going to talk about the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Roy, 
okay? The Lord is my shepherd. But I'm going to go ahead and say the psalm, and if you know it, say it with me. If you don't know it, listen to it because it's beautiful. If you know part of it, say the parts that you know. You might want to close your eyes and meditate on it as we say it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. How long? Forever. Say it again. Forever. Amen? Amen. This 23rd Psalm was written by a king whose name was David. Some think that David wrote this while he was a shepherd boy, watching his father's flocks of sheep growing up. Others think that David wrote this psalm when he was running away from King Saul. You might remember the story. David has just faced down the giant Goliath. Won a mighty victory. He immediately becomes a national hero. In fact, the women of Israel have begun singing a song about David. And it says this. Saul, speaking of King Saul, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. And King Saul was a very jealous man. And he becomes so upset, he decides he wants David dead. And so he gathers the elite from his army, and they begin chasing David like a wild animal, hoping to kill him, but David always escapes. And some scholars believe that David wrote this psalm while running from King Saul. Other scholars believe that David wrote this psalm when he was running away from his son, Absalom. You might remember that story. Absalom has decided that he wants to be king instead of his dad, David. And he wants it so badly, he is willing to kill his dad, David, in order to make that happen. Can you imagine what that would be like, dads? Absalom is trying to kill his dad, David, so he can become king. And he is successful at gathering a coup together and chasing David out of the palace, out of Jerusalem. He is running for his life. And some think that David wrote this psalm while running from his son Absalom. Others believe that he wrote this psalm as an older man, reflecting back on the various experiences of his life and God's protection. This is a psalm. The 23rd Psalm, for people like David, and to be honest, people like you. 
and people like me. Because all of us struggle at times. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're struggling, man. It's true. We all face struggles. Most of us are either in the middle of a struggle, entering into a struggle, or just getting out of a struggle. It's part of life. Issues, problems, struggles. It's part of life. This psalm was written by one of the most powerful people on the planet. In fact, he was a king. Yet he definitely faced struggles. Some of them were self-inflicted, right? If he would not have committed adultery with Bathsheba, and if he would not have had Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, murdered, he could have spared himself some of his problems, right? Absolutely. But some of David's struggles were not self-inflicted. Some of them were a part of life and part of responses to him. Maybe some because he was a godly king and he he did obey God and, and kill Goliath before he became king. David knew what it meant to have headaches and heartaches. He knew what it was like to rise to the very pinnacle of human achievement only to dramatically plunge to the bottom of the lowest valley. David knew what it was like to be praised by the songs of women and yet be abandoned by his very own son. To be the king over a great nation and then to run away from the very palace he had built in order to save his own life because his son trying to kill him. Can you imagine what that would have been like if you're David? David could be so confident in his God. He was willing to take on a giant and yet so foolishly impulsive, selfish, and irresponsible. He slept with another man's wife and had her husband murdered. This psalm was written by a man who experienced life more than most. We don't know for sure when David wrote this psalm, but we do know this. These are some of the most beautiful, comforting, and powerful human words ever inspired by God or penned by man. So let's dive in and take a look together. Verse 1 begins like this. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's take this apart for just a moment. Let's look at each word individually one by one. It begins like this. The Lord is my shepherd. Listen, there's only one Lord. There's only one God. He's not in a competition to be in charge of the universe. He is the Lord, the God, the creator. Amen? He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you believe that? One day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? 
The Lord, that's the second word, the Lord is my shepherd. He is the boss. He is in charge. He's the Lord. The next word, the Lord is my shepherd. Here's the good news. The Lord is not just someone who provided for your salvation in the past. Praise God, He did that by dying on the cross for your sin. Absolutely. He's not just the Lord who one day is going to take you to be with Him forever and ever in heaven. Praise God for that as well. Amen? Hallelujah. But He's also the Lord right here and right now to comfort you, to guide you, to empower you moment by moment and day by day. He is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's your shepherd. He is a personal shepherd. He is not just the God, the Lord, who's in charge of the universe. He is the God who chooses to live inside of you. Isn't that incredible? How much more personal can God get than to choose to live inside of you? It's incredible. The Lord is my shepherd. He's one who takes care of me. We're going to take a look at that word shepherd here for just a moment. That's our theme word. We're going through the names of God. And the word for the day is shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, which is El Roi. Okay? Our focus this morning is on the word shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Shepherd takes care of a sheep. He leads a sheep. He protects a sheep. And he provides for a sheep. The Lord is our shepherd. And what does that make us? We're God's sheep. May I state the obvious here real quickly? The sheep are not as smart as the shepherd. Captain obvious, right? Sheep don't always go where they need to go. They don't always do what they need to do. They have a tendency to wander off and get into trouble. They're easily confused. Sheep don't have the best eyesight, and they don't hear very well. Have you ever heard this phrase? If everyone else were jumping off the bridge, would you jump off the bridge too? How many of you ever heard that saying? All right. Some of you are like 12 years old. I never heard that before. You'll hear it, okay? Your parents will probably say it to you if they haven't already. Okay. Guess what? Sheep probably would. Now, I did some research this week, and, and a lot of scientists say that sheep really are pretty smart animals. However, I also read just yesterday that a bear attacked a flock of sheep, killed one of the sheep. Do you know what the other 200 did? They ran. And then they all jumped off a cliff and died. That is not very smart. They need help. So do we. If a sheep truly wants what's best for him or her, he's got to trust his shepherd. The same is true for us. If we want what's best for us, 
we got to trust the shepherd. we got to trust the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who laid down his life for the sheep. we got to trust God. Now, that does not mean that stuff doesn't ever happen that doesn't make sense to us. Sometimes bad things happen to people who are some of the best people. Do you believe that? Absolutely. Last Tuesday, Monique and Michaela and I went up to the hospital in Louisville to visit one of Michaela's friends. Her name's Annalise. She is one of the sweetest girls I ever met. Not Michaela, but Anna, Michaela's sweet too, but Annalise and Michaela. But Annalise is really, really sweet young lady and full of life. I didn't know till this week she has cystic fibrosis. You know what the life expectancy is for someone with cystic fibrosis? 37 and a half years old. Now, thankfully, with modern medicine and God's blessing, the age expectancy is creeping up to like 50 or so for people who are super young. But think about it. She has to live with that for her entire life, and so do her mom and dad and her family. They were talking with us... uh, while we're up there this Christmas, they're going to go through Make-A-Wish Foundation to visit New York City together. And they weren't having like this sad sob story about it. They're excited about it. I don't know about you. I'm not sure I could do that. You know, sometimes it's in the big things. Sometimes it's in the little things. Tristan and I were frustrated this week because the sound system wasn't working right. And then, as Tristan said in the first service, his guitar string broke. Sometimes it's in little things. We were driving back from Louisville last Tuesday night, and it was so cool. Monique had been wanting to get her car detailed for like three years and I had gotten her a gift certificate like a couple years ago, and then the place uh, ended up shutting down. We didn't end up getting to go, long story. So finally, for her birthday, last Tuesday, her birthday is Wednesday, I took her car to be detailed. Totally surprised her. She was so excited about her van that had been detailed. Then we're driving home from Louisville. We're almost home. We're on the Joe Prather Highway, about a mile from the Dixie Highway. You know what happened? It wasn't a deer. A coyote. Dirty, stinking, filthy animal. We got any coyote lovers in the room? Ran right in front of us and boom, crashed right into that thing. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. But it just kind of ruined the moment. You know what I'm saying? I just got my car detailed. (laughs) Life happens. Sometimes it's in the big things. Sometimes it's in the little things. It could be a health issue. It could be a financial issue. It could be an inconvenience issue. It could be large. It could be small. But stuff happens. Sometimes, however, 
We think we know what's best for us, and we don't. How many of you ever remember, you just thought, I just, I just want to date that guy. And then you dated him, it's like, really? I just want to date that girl. And it's like, three months later, like, what was I thinking? You know what I'm saying? And listen, if you're a kid today, sometimes your parents know more than you do. Don't tell them I said that, okay? Think about it, parents. Suppose your son or your daughter is 10 years old. And they've got a friend who lives about two blocks down the road. And your son or your daughter, your 10-year-old comes to you and says, I want to move into their house because they don't have any rules at their house. They go to bed when they want to go to bed. They get up when they get, want to get up. They drink what they want. They smoke what they want. They eat what they want. They do what they want. They watch what they want. I want to live there. How many parents are going to say, yeah, go ahead and live there? You might think that for a moment, but you probably wouldn't want to do that permanently, would you? Let's say your 12-year-old comes home and says, I want to quit school. And here's what I want to do. I want to pick up trash on the side of the road for the rest of my life. How many of you parents are going to gather about 200 trash bags together and take them down to I-65 on the interstate and say, I'll see you two weeks from Thursday? Now, you might give them a trash bag, let them run around the neighborhood for a while. They'll get tired of it pretty quickly. But you're not going to send them down the interstate for two weeks, are you? No? Let's say your son or your daughter, they're 13. And they decide they want to smoke and they want to drink. How many of you are going to take them to the gas station and buy them five cases of beer and four cartons of cigarettes? All right, have at it. You're not going to do that, are you? Even though they think that's what they want, they don't know what's best for them, do they? Right? How many of you parents have ever had to tell your children no? And when you say no, the kids say, yes, that's so cool. Thank you for saying no to me. I love it. They don't do that, do they? How many of you ever taken your cell phone, your kid's cell phone, it's your cell phone actually, but taking your kid's cell phone away from them? And they said, thank you very much. I am so glad you did that for me. Could we trade that in for a flip phone? They're not going to do that, are they? Sometimes you know what's best, and they don't. Sometimes God knows what's best. God always knows what's best, but sometimes we don't. That's why we got to trust the shepherd, because he is the good shepherd who loves us and takes care of us. As the good shepherd, Jehovah Roy, God leads us in the direction that's best for us. Go to verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he restores my soul. How many of you ever get tired? Yeah. How many of you tired this morning? Yeah. Michaela got in at 3 o'clock from a band competition. Greg got in at 4 o'clock from the same band competition. It's like, ah. Uh, I got a 
had to go to bed at 3 o'clock too, but I got a nap in between, so I'm good. You ever get tired? Every, how many of you ever get tired of your circumstances? Like, why can't I get a different job? Why can't I get a better grade? Why do I keep banging my head up against the wall and nothing seems to be working out for me? Why? Ever get tired? What do you do when you get tired? Here's what you do. You go to the shepherd. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your care upon him. Because he cares for you. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. In Matthew eleven twenty eight and following, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, it fits well. And my burden is light. Go to verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Notice who is doing the leading here. God is leading us. And notice where he's leading us. In the paths of righteousness. In God's paths. Why does he lead me? He does it for my good. But more importantly, for his name's sake. That he might be honored, that he might be glorified, that he might be high and lifted up. 